Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Richie Show with myself, Terry Blackburn. Now, today's guests are, I think it's fair to say these guys have had a, um, a very um, quick sort of journey, but the things they've achieved are quite substantial. I think it's a really interesting story. I'm quite interested to hear the story personally. So I'm sure the guys, uh, you know, people listening will, will also be inspired, motivated, and they'll enjoy this podcast. So I'm quite excited on a personal note. So um, it's Laurie, Alex, and Connor, and they are the Rude Group, which is the Real Estate Wealth Development Group. Um, they'll tell you more about the story, but um, it's, it's a really quick journey to what they've achieved. What they've actually achieved is, I think, what some people might look at as like lifetime goals or 10, 20 year goals, and they've achieved it in a couple of years. So um, welcome to the show, um, Lowry, Alex, and Connor. Thanks, Teddy. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Well, likewise, thank you. I know you're very, very busy um, buying plenty of property. I know you, you must have, you must, well, yeah, we'll find out. I'm quite interested to see how many completions you've gotten, to be fair, if the rates <laughs> are going. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time today. Um, so what we like to do, guys, is we like to talk about people's journeys um, and break it into three parts. So that's the start, the middle, and the current. So the start is how you got into it and why. The middle is the exciting part, the growth part. Um, I think there's plenty of growth going on with you guys. And then the current is um, what your attention is on now, what you're looking at going forward, and where you're going to take it. So... Um, if we just want to talk about those three parts, sort of in brief first, guys, um, and then we can go through some specifics. So if you could start by talking about this start part first, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do start. Um, so, you know, Lonnie and I, uh, we're, we're friends from school. Uh, you know, so, you know, we've been, been friends for quite a long time and we both had our own corporate careers through our 20s. And, you know, for me, I worked for an oil and gas company um, in sort of finance, but uh, globally. So, you know, I spent four years in Russia, four years in Azerbaijan, two years in, in Norway. Kind of been on the road for the last sort of 14 years up into my early 30s. Um, Laurie kind of ha has a similar story, worked in oil and gas, uh, sales, uh, sales side more than anything. And, you know, with fa fairly successful corporate careers, but, you know, very much driven by a company. Uh, and you know, at, at the mercy of a company as well, in terms of, you know, we have to go where we're, we're posted. And, you know, you kind of feel like we, you know, you've done some, some good things. You know, a lot of my, my, my job was essentially geographical expansion. So anytime they wanted to set up a new facility, I'd be the guy they'd send in to go and set up the systems and processes and hire the people and train them and make, make the business happen. And, you know, we did... Um, a large project in Azerbaijan, which was my last major one for, for four years. And, you know, I went in, set up the team, done, done all the joint venture agreements and all that with, with the, uh, the incumbents there. And, you know, over the course of the period, we made somewhere like $40 million uh, of profit in, in five years. You know, huge thing and, and not a lot of help from the organization, to be honest. It was a small team. And, you know, I think I got, at the end, I got a $12,000 bonus. And I thought, you know, fuck this. You know, that was the, the tipping point for me. I thought, you know, if I can do this for, for someone else, why, why can't I do it for myself? Um, and and Laurie might be telling his own sort of story there, but, you know, we both came to that sort of conclusion at the same time. We were both settling down with kids. Well, 
hoping to have kids, certainly maybe get married, certainly. And, um, you know, it, it just didn't work with our, our, our desired lifestyle of constantly be the banking company and not getting really the rewards other than a salary. So we're both just chatting back and forth about business opportunities. And, you know, we dipped our toe in the water, not very successfully with property because we didn't know what we would do. I had a 250k house that I rented out. Which looking back now is you know just a terrible investment in terms of yield and, and gross return. Um, or I had three properties, but again, no real strategy about it. Um, and then we, we both at the same time started learning uh, about property investment and back and forward back, uh, back and back and forward ideas. And you know, Laurie um, you know started his thing, I started my thing, we were doing it separately. And it was my wedding. The night before my wedding, I got a lead through. Laurie went to negotiate the deal because I couldn't, you know, I was in the middle of it. Kind of said, you know, if, if, if this works out, we'll go 50-50. Uh, and, and he'd done a fantastic deal. It was an ex-local authority phone block. Got it for 25 grand. Um, I think we ended up... Just to jump in there, what type of property are you getting for 25 grand? What What is that? Well, uh, you know, in, in Scotland, we've got all of these cottage flats, they call them, which is like a four and a block council built, really solid flats, two beds. There's loads of them. I mean, to be honest, they go for more like 70, 80 now. Um, but we were able to negotiate because it was a motivated seller, essentially. They, they, they had the bereavement. They had this flat they wanted to get rid of. They didn't want to have to deal with it. 25 grand cash we closed in two weeks. And, uh, you know, after we spent about seven grand on a refinance to like 65K and we pulled out our money, bunch of profit there as well as a free asset, essentially, with the cash flows now. But, you know, that, that was the first deal where Laurie had negotiated the deal. We found the first investor, you know, because we didn't necessarily have, I, I just don't mind, we didn't necessarily have 25 grand sitting about to close in two weeks. We found the first investor at my wedding. Um, you know, just chatting with one of our friends about it. And, you know, that was our first private investor. So, you know, it just came together beautifully. And, you know, we'd done that deal and then we kind of done another deal after it. And it just became very apparent with our, our, our complementary skills. You know, Laurie's very much focused on business growth, big ideas, pushing the business forward, sales. Uh, and, and I'm sort of the analytical guy, you know, who, who sits behind the scenes and sort of builds the systems and processes and analyzes the numbers. And that combination was just accelerating us really quickly. And that's that's kind of how, how we, we got oh, together. Still, I, so I, think I don't that's... know if you've got anything you want to add to that, Laurie. You know, kind of went through um, it. No, I think you pretty much well covered it. You know, it's, uh, we, you know, when, when we first got started, like as Alex says, his, his house that he had, you know, was like the house he used to live in. So he became this accidental landlord, you know. The three that I had bought, like, I bought all in the same street because, you know, at the time I thought it was a nice street and, you know, I want to keep an eye on the tenants and that kind of... But, like, I borrowed... I never had any money. I borrowed, like, 20 grand uh, to basically pay the deposit on this first property that, like, was across the road from me, you know. And uh, I, it took, like, 10 years to get three properties. And then... And like I, we were talking about it back in 2017 uh, because, you know, the tax changes came in and I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to punt these and like clear a bit off the mortgage and stuff. But kind of realised like, you know, even if we cleared down our mortgage or even if we're mortgage fee, what difference does that make? You know what I mean? Like maybe got an extra grand a month or whatever, but like, like so what? You know, that's not going to change our lives. So, yeah, we started looking at it a bit more seriously. And um, as X says, you know, sorry if I 
refer to Eck or Echoes, that's Alex I'm talking about, right? Uh, bouncing ideas uh, off each other was really what kind of pushed us forward. Um, and yeah, that's how we kind of got started. It has only been, what, two and a half years, maybe coming up three years now in November, I think. So, so we is, that, only- is, is that from the first property, that first 25 grand, yeah. three years? It was it was November 2018 uh, that we'd done our first deal, but we only actually started Rude Group a year after that, you know, because as Alex said, it was like we we, we just said we'd go 50 50 if we managed to do a deal. But then we found another one, then we found another one, then we found another one, and you know, just kind of snowballed from there. So fair play, and I, I mean, I'm <clears throat> I'm sure we'll get into the numbers and what you've achieved in that short space of time, but that's even more impressive seeing 2018. You know, seeing it was only two three years ago. Um, it's amazing what what you've done. I honestly believe that and mean that. Um, just going back a step, I think it was interesting what Alex said there about your skills complement each other. You know, people who are looking for JVs, people are looking for business partners. I think that's a really important point. I sold one of my businesses a few <clears throat> a few years ago um, because me and someone else I brought in as a director clashed a little bit, um, and it got to a point where I wasn't really enjoying working with that person. And I think it's a really important point. And I think probably part of the reason you have done so well is you have got that working relationship that does complement each other. I think that's a really important point for people looking to, to JV or set up a business. You need to try and make sure that that is the case. Yeah, but it's um, a funny we, one. We, we, we never, like, we, we never sat down and said, all right, you've got the, what is it? You've, you've got the brains, I've got the looks, let's make lots of money, you know? Like, <laughs> we just, like, started working together and, 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 and mm. organically just it felt natural but it's not like we really planned it and out it just kind of happened you know um yeah. i think like you can try and be strategic about that and try and plan that out but as you say you know you only went into the, into the business with that other guy because you thought it was going to be cool you don't actually well, yeah. know until you start doing it if it's going to work or not you know but well, exactly, definitely yeah. the compliment the complementary kind of varied minds uh, that, that we have uh have really helped us grow yeah yeah it sounds it Definitely. I think there's there's a lot of people who are too keen to JV these days, isn't it? You know, they'll meet someone at a networking event and the JV the, the next week and put the money in. You know, you you need to try. I, I do get what, what you're saying and I do agree. You never really know. Um, but I think you've still got to... The fact you were friends first, I think. Um, Hi. We, 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 thing. we had that base. Like, sorry, can't you go? We, um, we do do other JVs as well, we, you know, as part of our, our business. And, and, you know, we have this motto of we, we don't do JVs with, with anyone unless we know, love and trust them. And, and that comes now through, you know, we'll talk a bit more about the, the group as a whole, but we, we now have this, this training arm to, to our business. And we don't do joint ventures with anyone who's not been through our advanced buy-to-let training because they need to understand what we're doing with the money. You know, it's, it's not good enough for someone just to bring cash. They, they need to understand how we're employing it. And, you know, we had some early uh, friction with, with those sort of things. And, you know, we've, we've got a pretty solid uh, system, I think, to sort of vet anyone before we, we get in the bed with them, so to speak. Love that. I think that's yeah. good advice. Um, before we go on to the growth part, the exciting part that I'm really interested in. Um, so why property was the, was the, was it always an interest of both yours prior to doing this? Or was it just, like you said, it's, it's a good place to put your money? Or was there a desire to get into it? Is it in the family or anything? What, what was it about property? Well, I, I mean, look, we, I, why I got started was just like, you know, uh, I apparently you get a good return on your money and property. So, okay, I'll just buy this thing across the road. And, you know, that, that was it for me. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you, if, if people talk about property, it's seen as like a, 
a good investment, a good place to put your money, profitable, blah, blah, blah. But I, like when we got started, we didn't have a, a clue about all that. Um, we just kind of got into it because it was like, you know, meant to be, you know, a good place for your money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but interestingly, you know, it, it is pretty cool. And, and in fact, we've got a slide on this somewhere about the Forbes. It's the Forbes rich list. And, you know, it shows you like where everybody makes their money, like in terms of billionaires across the world and stuff. And like the number one uh, uh, market is, is property investment, you know. So it's like, and, and this has been the case for years. <laughs> like we've gone, it's like, look, just, just find folk that have done what you want to do copy what they do you know it's not like we're doing anything like i don't know i don't know what we do that's any different for other folk i think we just think differently you know but yeah we just basically property is a good place to go after uh we we have I guess we've got a bit of an interest in it so let's just push the boundaries and see what, what we can do <laughs> yeah yeah man yeah, yeah I, I always say um you know I'm, I'm a really simple guy you know when i when i was at school you know, I went to the career advisor and said, right, what's the thing I can make the most money in? And, you know, obviously at school, they have a very limited view of things. They're only really producing employees. So it's like, here's a job you can get. You know, if you want to make good money, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant. So it's like, right, okay, accountant it is. Became an accountant, done that. Didn't really like it too much. And then wanted to start my own business. And it's like, well, you know, what's the best thing to make money in? And, and as what he said, you just need to look at these rich lists and where everybody's making their money in it's property you know and, and it helps that we we love what we do you know so it's an easy one for me to be honest. No, but it's, it's definitely not a coincidence i think i've read something similar it's it's like if you look at x amount of billionaires and millionaires in in the country it's properties either the main or secondary income on pretty much them all isn't it um they've either got a business and they grow it and then buy property with the profits or they're in yeah. property you know it, it's definitely not a coincidence um yeah love that Thanks, guys. Um, so right now, let's get into the juicy bit. Um, so you went from not even three years ago buying a 25 grand property. I understand it's about 11 million at the moment, 200-ish units. Yep. Is that about right? Do you just want to tell us about, yep. well, first of all, how it's spiraled from that to this um, and what the portfolio looks like at the moment? That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think... What, about 18 months after we'd done our first deal? I can't remember now, right? No, it was only about a year, in fact. Was that last year? Can't I remember. But we, we grew to like 40 units. Uh, and that was about a year ago. We, we had like 40 units. And that was just like kind of buying single units, deal by deal, refinancing, deal by deal, blah, blah, blah. And we got to 40 units. And um, then we we done our first portfolio deal, uh, which was 82 units all in the one go. Um, so we went from like 40 to... 120 like just with this one deal you know and um then since then uh yeah we've, we've bought other like multi-unit blocks like many portfolios and we've got another 50 odd units of legals uh, just now so um you know we kind of realized like when when we were growing initially we used to have this goal of like 100 units you know and it, and it was this deal by deal deal by deal deal by deal and we got to 40 or, or probably less than that probably got to about 30 and thought, you know, this is fine, but we're not going to get, and we'll get to 100, you know, it's just a question of time, you know, but that's that's not really big enough then, is it? Because, like, this is going to take care of itself. Like, we need to push ourselves. So we changed the goal to 300, and then it was like, oh, shit, how are we going to get to 300? And it totally transformed the way we thought uh, because we had to, we, we, we realised 
that we had to go after portfolios. And we'd, we'd never even looked at that before. We didn't have a clue. The first portfolio deal was this 82 units in Lanarkshire, you know, which is awesome. You know, cash flows, well, gross rental income on that portfolio alone is 35 grand a month. Um, so like that, that deal changed us as well because then we had credibility as Alex says we could start the training company you know we had a problem because we had too much refurbishment work on the go so that brought the building company and you know it, it, it just made us have a story and and, and since then you know we've, we've just continued to grow like just buying more and more portfolios because now we know how to do it we're just repeating that process right so um yeah the resi side uh, now really takes care of itself we have very little to do with, with that um we just got all our rents paid in yesterday because we just get like lump sums paid in now at the start of each month. Uh, you know, previously when we started, it was like, you know, <laughs> first deal that Alex was talking about earlier, you know, it was like, ah, oh, you get your 500 quid a month or whatever. And then, you know, your other property, they, they didn't pay for a week later. So you got this next wee value dropping into the bank account. Now at the start of the month, we've just got tens of thousands of pounds just lumped into the bank account. You know, we've had nothing to do. Our letting agent takes care of all of it, you know? So, um, Aye, it's, it's a very different place now to, to what, what it was when we started. But ultimately, it, it started with the thought. Um, we, we had the vision for the higher number. It changed the way we acted. And that's what pushed us to buy the portfolios. Can I, can I just jump in there? Because um, I think people listening and watching on that, I think there's, there's a gem there because <clears throat> a lot of people I speak to anyway, um, you probably know these people, the main or a lot of t- a lot of the time people getting into property, their initial goal is you've probably heard it, 10 properties. For some reason, everyone wants 10 done at the start. Or oh, it's yeah. replace their income, isn't it? Um yeah. and that's a very common thing. Um, but you guys talking about hundreds and three hundreds, have you always been ambitious? Like wh- where did it come up with? Are you like competitive as in you want to just really do something big? But where where is that? Because that's not a normal way to think, right? I'm the abnormal one. Yeah. I'm the That's abnormal you, one. Eck is the normal one. Where's that came Ru- from? Ru- well, Root Ru- Group is, you know, when we started Root Group, it was all about generational wealth, right? And like, it's great having 10 units, 20 units, 50 units, 100 units, but is that really going to like provide wealth to your family and families for generations? No, you, know, uh, you, you need to have like significantly more. So, you know, now we, we did have this goal of 300. Now we've got 200. It's the same scenario when we had 30, 40 and we had to change the way we think. Now we're going after 1,000 units in the next three years. Thousand, you know, that's wow. the goal now. That's, that's the new goal. Why not, man? Why not? We just need to repeat the process. But one, one big thing we have changed is, uh, you know, with Connor coming in as uh, head of business development, we're making moves uh, to start buying down in England as well. You know, so far everything we've bought since Scotland. Um, we, we realized that, you know, folk talk about this gold mine area and it's like, you know, see if we were to focus on a gold mine area of a population of like 10,000 properties, you'd be doing very, very well to buy more than like, I don't know, 20. You certainly wouldn't, be, you wouldn't own like 200. So we've changed our geographical area to now include Northeast, Northwest and uh, like Humber. Uh, what's it called? Like Humber, like kind of Yorkshire area, uh, yeah, yeah, like Colin yeah. Grimsby and all that type of um, so we're now looking at other opportunities there because we realise we need to buy other portfolios in these different areas. And again, our letting agent will take care of all of that. So we just need to find the find the deals, tie the, the cash to the deal, and away we go. You know. 
Can I ask a couple of specific questions on that, um, please? So, so around the, the portfolio, so how are you? I completely get it. I love the thought process of thinking big and then you realise, well, we can't be going after single units. You know, you know, if you've done 200 lots of legals, I think it's pretty much impossible. 200 mortgages, I think it's impossible. Um, but buying a portfolio, first of all, is it, do you just do one charge on a portfolio? Is that what you do? Uh, one finance over the 80, for example, or is it, I'm assuming it's not, multiple mortgages right yeah i mean when, when you get to that level you're on a portfolio uh, lending portfolio and, charge, and, yeah. and actually you know that laurie and i talk about uh, the concept of phase one and phase two of property investing so phase one is when you're sort of buying those individual deals when you're sort of at lower numbers and you're having to deal with the individual mortgage lenders you know uh, if you're investing through a limited company you've got likes of precise tmw uh, Kensington, you know, the Paragon, those guys, and they've all got the various different criterias, and some of them don't like its local authority, some of them don't like more than four in a block, some of them, you know, minimum value 60k, etc, etc. It's, it's a nightmare starting yes. out, because, because you're constantly having a shift and deal with all these different lenders, depending on the specific property, and and you all, you get lost in admin of, of, of dealing with refinances, dealing with mortgage brokers, most of which don't really understand the complexities of, of buy-to-let. And, and it's not worth their while uh, learning it either. You know, it's more hassle than it's worth. So, you know, that that was that was really tough. But as you transition to phase two, you start buying portfolios. You have no other choice but to transition away from those lenders because they don't understand it. You need to get into commercial lending, portfolio lending, and, and it becomes much more of a relationship with the bank. You know, we, we have two banks that we work very closely with. One who kind of funds our, our, our standard lending. So when we're, when we're refinancing onto a term loan, uh, we've got this bank and we've got about seven million pounds worth of loans with them now. Um, and, and it's very much a relationship. We can go to them and say, okay, here. They're not going to say, okay, we're not touching that portfolio because there's one property that we don't like the look of. You know, they take a much broader view on it. So... The idea of sort of computer says no is, is gone and, and you're working with, with relationships. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, there's still restrictions there in terms of LTV and in terms of how they look at the portfolio, whether they're going to downgrade it because, because of concentricity or whatever. You know, so, uh, but, but it's much easier to manage your, your finance at that point. You know, we, we're not dealing with various different lenders yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It will take a bond and float and charge over the company in addition to first charge security, which means... Kind of restricts you if you if you're trying to buy still single units with uh, private investor cash. Private investors can't really get security in your company because it's bond and phone charge. So we have what we call like a feeder company if we want to still do those types of deals on the side. Um, and anyway, that that's kind of uh, you know uh, comes to the finance. No, that's cool. That's cool. I think it's um. <laughs> bank that we work with at the acquisition stage which is a semi-bridge type mortgageable there's no rent coming in or the significant work we can we can buy this through a semi-bridge and and then go on to our so i think I just, i'm losing you a bit there guys you still, have you still got me yeah yeah I, I i could hear you fine there I could hear you fine. Yeah. So, sorry, guys. Do apologize. It might be my Wi-Fi. We'll just crack on. <laughs> um, so I had another question. Um, maybe it's more directed at Connor. Actually, this one. Then. Um, so how would you how would you find portfolios of eighty properties? How would you find them? 
Well, actually, the, the biggest one, the 80 unit, the guys actually found themselves. Um, and I think it came, I think that one actually came through a couple of different sources. They kind of, uh, even the lender, um, when they'd done the deal, the lender had actually already heard of it um, before, um, prior to the guys making a commitment to buy it. Um, but I was looking last week at, at the numbers on the portfolio and trying to see how many of them actually had came from me before I worked here, um, before I was involved in I've known the guys for, well, essentially I met Laurie, I think, probably just before the Root Group was, they did their first deal. Um, and essentially I've always been involved in property. I started when I was 18, um, as I came you know, out of school, went into a trainee estate agency role, um, and then I approached a, a kind of larger national auction company, just looking to kind of develop on that and get more involved in the the kind of nitty-gritty of working with like the investors and developers type market rather than this retail estate agency stuff, which I just don't enjoy. Um, so, you know, I agreed to work with them, worked with them for a few years and I started off just learning, you know, on a negotiating basis uh, and then was, just, you know, brought into the value side and that was all about direct to vendor uh, and it was always about finding the best opportunity for Obviously, finding a solution to the vendor's exit, but, but obviously finding the best possible deal for the potential buyer, um, whether it be you know the, the the owner of the company themselves to buy or an exit to auction, it was always thinking about what can I do here that is going to suit at the best exit for the person coming in. You know what makes it a deal to them. So essentially, we've just built on that. You know the network of contacts, um, and this day and age, it's all about di- you know digital marketing. So we create you know direct to vendor digital marketing campaigns through multiple different strategies that we built from scratch. Um, so you, you're kind of getting a mixture of the direct to vendor stuff that you're doing through stuff like chatting on doors. You know, walking past that abandoned buildings and going, I'm going to try this. Looks like somebody's living in one. You know, you go knock the door, you get that small lead. Who owns this? Oh, it's a letting agent's number. Then you're the letting agent. You know, who's the landlord? Or this is a landlord. You've actually got three others in the block. And and it just spirals and, and you just manage that. So there's a lot of legwork involved. But, you know, if you find one where there's multi-units attached and you can package it up and, and move it on to an investor um, and you know that that investor is capable of completing quickly, it makes my life easy. Um, and that's kind of how it started with the guys was that any time I got a decent opportunity, like five days after I met Laurie, we did our first deal. And I said, you know, you, you seem to be in a good position. Five days later, deal was done. Everything that we agreed would happen, happened bang on. And it continued like that on my deal. They were always in a position to do a deal. And well, that's we what attracted always me. always said we were. Right. <laughs> well, true. They, <laughs> and then they, we figured it <laughs> They bluffed very well, but it seemed good on the surface. Um, but everything came went through on time. You know, they managed to do it. And like I say, that's what attracted me to coming to work with them like more personally was they were just finance raising. Like it was it was crazy. Like I've worked with loads of guys, big time investors in the past, and there was times where I would take them. You know, here's a 15 unit deal. I've not got the capital. I'm tied up in loads of things. Go Alex and Laurie, and it's like yeah, cool, we'll go. We said now we get 50 other things in legals. Doesn't matter. We're good to go. And, and it was just like 
say yes and then figure it out. And, and that's what we're continuing to do. But they figure it out. You know, there's the private investors were constantly now, especially because of, you know, the scale the business is at. People are naturally attracted to us. And then that creates finance for us as well. Um, which has allowed us obviously to you know expand into the development stuff, um, but you know in terms of finding consistent opportunities now because we're at the scale we're at, you know it naturally that attracts it. You know the, the one of the going through through like a Facebook group or somebody had had it said somebody might be selling this, might be selling that, and then somebody just threw our name in the hat. You know because they've heard of us. Uh, and, and that ended up being a good deal that, that we've decided to move forward on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it's really just a case of multiple different strategies that we use. Through yeah. it, absolutely. You can't do one thing and get 200 units. There's absolutely no way. You have to be doing multiple different ways of finding what's out there and, and make sure you're consistently asking the questions. You know, even if we've got 50 units going through legals, I've still probably looked at another what, another probably 200 units in the space of the last month that might have been of interest to us? It might come to nothing, but unless you're looking and unless you're asking the questions and being out there, then you're not going to be able to pull the trigger when one becomes available that looks good. I love that. There's a couple of good things, I, I think, from, from what you said there. I like that you, the fact that you said, um, you know, you went to other, other investors with a 15-unit portfolio or whatever, some of them said, oh, we can't do it for this reason. Or they might have said yes and then backed out. These guys just seem to be, yeah, we'll do it. We'll fight. We'll, yes, we'll find out how we're going to do it later. Well, look, that, that's a really, really important point, right? And that I think that is the difference. Like we, and, and it comes back to mindset all the time. And, and it comes back to the thought because, you know, you, you have to make the commitment. If you make the commitment, it changes the way you think because you're like, oh shit, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do that. How am I going to do it? I don't know yet, but you know, it forces you to take different actions to push you forward. And I, I, I said earlier, I think I think that's what separates us from a lot of the other guys because you know we 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 push forward, we act, we figure stuff out, and a lot of people maybe shy away because you know the, the fear overcomes them. You know, and I think that's where the synergy was between you know myself and and Alex and Laurie at the time was that you know after the first few deals that we'd done, they knew that I wasn't bringing them anything that wasn't genuinely a deal. So it's like, I, I know this will work for their model. I understand their model in and out now. So this is this is what you should buy. So when I bring it to them, it's like, yeah, okay, we'll do it because they know it has the merit that this must be worthwhile buying. So we'll find a way to buy it. And, and it's worked out every single time. Yeah, there's obviously been hiccups and headaches through the legal process, but everything is completed, you know, the way we expected it to. Uh, and, and that, you know, a 15 unit portfolio that I did actually bring them, the guys were presented that by someone else, another sourcer, and they didn't bother to listen. They didn't look at it in detail because they didn't know who the guy was. They didn't know what the deal was all about. But as soon as I brought them the deal, you know, they were like, yeah, let's look at this. And they ended up buying it. So it just goes, you know, that relationship of taking action, being prepared to just pull the trigger and then sort it all out gets you good deals coming forward. But obviously having the relationship with the people bringing the opportunities to you and respecting what they do is obviously where you get that kind of mutual benefit. Yeah, love that. I think that, that you're completely right. You're completely right. I think there'll be sources listening. I think that's a really valid point that you've said credibility, you know, understanding the investors, understanding what they want, 
you know, you probably all, you would have had it, you know, you ring an estate or you, you deal with an estate agent, you tell them your criteria, you want, I don't know, portfolios of 10 or you know, on a smaller scale, you might want a property up between 80 and 100K. They'll send you a flat that's worth 50K or they'll send you a mansion that's worth a million. You know, they, they don't, they're not listening, they're not, but you've had it, haven't you? And they send yeah, you on a mailing list. Aye. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's stuff that you're not even interested in, then instantly you just start to... Not not give it any attention, even if there is a, a deal to be had there, you're put off, but because they're not listening, but, you don't feel valued as a as an investor. We, we, we had it we had it last week, and uh, I saw something message that what I believe was a private WhatsApp group for just with us four in it. Uh, here's a deal, and I replied in three minutes and said, "Yeah, it looks good on the surface. Get back to you in the morning." And he replied to say, "Oh no, sorry, it's sold." And I said, "I didn't realise this was a mailing list. I thought this was a." A private sourcing group that because we've done deals and it's just like how can I assess a situation in fucking seven minutes uh, and make a call on it? It's just crazy. Um, so I think you need to have that. You know, any any advice I would say to sources if you've got your investors and you've got your key ones, make sure that's who you're representing when you go forward looking at deals. Yeah, man, it's all about relationships. Couldn't agree more. And I also like what you said, Larry, about the mindset you feel is 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 a difference that you have that's maybe separated you from others. I believe massively in business and in property, it, it success is about probably 80% mindset. It's only about yeah. 20% of the actions that you actually do, isn't it? It's yeah. how, like, like you rightly said at the start, I love what you said about where as soon as you made the decision, you made the commitment, we're going to go after hundreds of properties. You have to think differently. It forces you to go for portfolios. That's yeah. a complete mindset shift where- Definitely. Some people might say 100 properties in my lifetime, in my whole career, users trying to do it and have done it in such a short space of time. And that is, that is mindset um, massively. Yeah. Love that. Okay, well, um, yeah. just, just going back a step. Um, so in terms of financing these portfolios and these purchases, have you, is it your own money? Is it investment investors' money? How have you sort of funded this many purchases? Uh, it's, it's a kind of mix of uh, a lot of different things again, because you know, you again, you can't have that number without combining a lot of different financial strategies. You know, um, we we use uh, credit cards, we use pension funds, we use private investors secured, we use private investors unsecured, we use bridging companies. You know, there's, there's like that. The combination of all of that is again what makes the difference. Like don't, we keep saying this to the guys that come in the training courses. It's like, why are you just using one strategy? There's tons and tons of ways to raise money, you know? Uh, so use them all because the, the more money you've got sitting there, the more deals you're going to get. You know, everybody always talks about this, what comes first, the deal or the money? Go after the money, man. Like, go after the money because if you've got the money, you're buying the deal. You know, if, if, if the deal comes to somebody and it's like, all right, okay, I'll go and try and find the 50 grand, they're not getting the deal. You know, the, the, the deal's going to be sold to the guys. Like Connor was just talking about it. He kept bringing us deals because he knew we were good to go. He knew we were going to make those commitments. Um, and so, you know, I would always say, yeah, go after the money and, and the deals will take care of themselves. Really. But it's all the different strategies combined that that, uh, that we use. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't time the deals. Literally, you, you just don't know when they're going to come up. You, you can go, I mean, look at the market right now. It's, it's crazy right now. Um, you know, but everybody's just banging on that drum saying the market's crazy. I'm not buying well, be prepared to buy because there will still be a deal that will pop up. You know, it, it will come. Um, you know, the 12-unit the deal that we're doing right now, it only came a couple of months ago. So 
in a market where everyone's saying everything's going above and low market value, discounted portfolio opportunities don't exist. Well, they do. We've got 50 in legals, but because yeah. we were still prepared. So you, you just need to, you just can't time when opportunities are going to come. Just make sure you're ready. I, 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 think, I think that's been really a, a good benefit for us over the course of the last year is whilst your individual deals are quite challenging just now because of the strength of the market portfolio deals aren't really driven as heavily by the market. You know, it's investors selling them. There's a really limited pool of people that are able to actually buy these sort of things. And, and even with the valuation of a portfolio, if there's high concentricity, it's going to be naturally discounted in the 180 or 90 day valuation that comes with it. So there's always that expectation of a deal when, when you're dealing with a portfolio. And, and, and as you can see from the amount we've got in legals just now, you know, there's, there's been no shortage of portfolio deals for us whilst everybody else is struggling to get these individual deals done. I, I think that's also a mindset thing. And, and, and I really agree because how many people online are shouting about the market's too hot? You know, you can't find deals. You can't find this. You can't find that. You can. They're out there. But if you if you tell yourself there's no deals, you're not going to look hard enough and you'll convince yourself that there's not. It's a mindset every market, idea. Every market has an opportunity. It's about sniffing it out. You know, in a declining market, it's a fantastic opportunity for these individual deals because there's a lot of distressed sellers. In an increasing market, you have to look elsewhere. So we're focused on portfolios. And also just now another part of our business, which we haven't talked too much about, is the development side. And we've got five commercial residential projects, all in Falkirk High Street, where we've bought the buildings, we're converting into flats, total of 43 flats. Um, and that's a fantastic opportunity just now because because of, of the acceleration of, of, of the death of retail through COVID, you know, there's all these empty commercial units. The natural, uh, you know, solution to it is to create upper floor residential and, and smaller uh, uh, commercial units on the ground floor for, for independence. And, you know, you can pack up some of these buildings for peanuts because, because the, the landlords that own them are stuck there paying rates on empty buildings. You know, it's costing them a fortune. So there's, there's great opportunity. And also, also don't... Aye, because down south as well, you guys have got permitted development. We don't have that up here, but down south you do. And uh, honestly, these high streets are just dying a death. We've got five on one street. Like, you know, I mean, and, and you're talking about GDV like six million quid on one street. Like, for anybody that's not looked at commercial resi stuff, I mean, oh, I mean, it's, it's a different kind of thing again, but man, there is some amount of opportunity there. And with the permitted development that you guys get down south, Literally, so gold mine stuff. Uh, highly recommend people check that that type of opportunity out. How have you found the transition from investing to development? How, how have you found that? Was it do you sort of take it in Australia? Was it a steep learning curve? How did you? <laughs> it's how, how it's uh, messy. <laughs> Was it? It's, yeah, it's I mean, ongoing. <laughs> we, we, got, we got asked you know, uh, how easy is it to transition, essentially, if you've been doing proper investment, you've been doing a few refurbs and stuff like that, how easy is it to shift gears into this serious development and stuff? And the reality is it's, it's a completely different game. Okay, the fundamentals in terms of getting a deal are the same, but, you know, you're talking about serious builds, you know, over the last, you know, we, we're kicking into a gear on our, our first major uh, commercial residential development. We start the build in the next few weeks. And Laurie and I have just been consumed over the last uh, month with CDM regulations, health and safety, trying to get the site ready, 
understand you know what we're doing with our principal designer get all the notifications in place that, that's completely new to us because all, all you know when you're doing resi refurbs you don't need to think about it and that sort of stuff you know it's complicated yeah. and then you've got the purchase and acquisition you know you're dealing with VAT which you don't on a residential side so you know there's cash flow issues there you know uh, planning delays building alarm delays you know it's it's a completely different game and the costs to understand the cost of these types of developments with all the extra steps that you need to take serious learning curve and you know I, I've said that to, to anyone that's going to get a commercial residential you need to learn what you're doing first you know I'm a big, big fan of, of Mark Stokes and everything he's done. He does, there's a really good book he's written on commercial already, very technical, but it, it is, it's a, it's a different business. You know, for me, I get to kick back into project management mode, which takes me back to my corporate time. But, you know, managing these projects, you need to be on top of the schedule, you need to be on top of the budget, you know, you need to be analysing your main contractor, which in our case, because we have a building company, as ourselves so you know it's like we're on both sides of the table trying to manage it you know so it's it's really cool but oh, totally different game and, and nowhere near as passive certainly for us at the moment as as the bike that that's why bike is so core to do because it feeds all this other stuff we're doing in the group you know it's like you know uh, development stuff is a lot of front-end costs no money coming in you know it, by the end of this year, we'll start to sell the units. In fact, we've sold a couple of plan already. But until that cash starts to land, it's just been a liability for the last year, draining cash. But we can afford to do that because we have all this cash coming in from the buy elect. So, you know, it comes back to multiple streams of income, right? You know, it's, it, it all works beautifully well together as a, as a group. Are you going to continue to with the battleettes in, in the portfolio building alongside the development? Or are you, are you going to just continue with one strategy? Where you was at? Nah, no way, no way. Battleettes all day long, man. We love battleettes. We're maybe obviously very, very biased with them. But for me, uh, like I would prefer like if we could keep everything we're developing, but the numbers don't make sense. You know, the development's business isn't about that. You know, it's about selling for bigger chunks of profit. It's like, larger profits but you know it takes a longer time to get the return you know it's really nice having that mix of buy to let cash just keeps coming in month after month after month the development's ongoing in the background and and like yeah the other businesses um within the group they, you know they all complement each other and i was talking about this just yesterday in fact i don't know who i was talking to. i think it was maybe just just my wife or whatever but um you know if if we didn't have all this other stuff on the go like and, and we just had buy to lets and like that was all we did. Like, yeah, we might be able to go and play golf every day and stuff like that, but it's like, it's, there's not enough meat in that for, for me. And I, I don't think any of us uh, on this call, you know, it's, it's good to be engrossed in big juicy things, you know? And uh, I, I don't think if we, if we just had buy to let, I don't think there would be enough in it, you know, like the challenge. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, long-term the, the aim for the group is, you know, that all these businesses become standalone. They're, they're very, as Laurie says, synergistic, but, you know, the aim is to have them as standalone businesses where, where over time they become more autonomous. So Vitalite's very passive just now, kind of takes care of itself. Building companies relatively new and, and we're heavily involved in that. That's also taking on all the maintenance for our properties. So, you know, there's a lot of systems and processes to work on in there, but the aim is to get that to the point where we have someone running it and, and it takes care of itself and we just sit at the investor level 
you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the um, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's matrix of uh, where you sit, whether you're employed, yeah, yeah, the employed, yeah. exactly, yeah. business owner or investor. You know, we, we're at varying degrees throughout these businesses. You know, I, I'd say that we're very close to investing quite a lot. But, you know, building company, developments, training, heavily involved in, you know, we're very much at the business owner stage, but we aim to transition. We continue to bring other things into the group. And for developments, I think the next big step is land development and new builds. And, and that's definitely where we're heading with that business. Okay, love that. Um, just to clarify, um, so how, how many units right now? So that you currently have Bartlett and then how many units under development? All right, so Resi's 200, um, but uh, commercials, uh, well, commercials must be about, I don't know, like 10 to 15, because like each building has got like multiple units in it type thing, you know? Right. Um, so uh, it's not as kind of clear cut. Um, yeah. Yeah, with the commercial, we own we own three buildings in Falkirk High Street. We've got two in Legals. The three that we own all have planning. Uh, the largest is planning for 23 flats plus two commercial units. Uh, the, the smallest is three flats plus two commercial units. And then the middle one is six flats. And, and it's already got pre-existing commercial units. So, so that's it. But then we've got these other two two units that were, were in the process of buying that would be somewhere in the region of another 15 flats. Cool. I think that leads yeah. us nicely on to um, the sort of last part. Like, where, how, I know you mentioned, Larry, about a thousand units. It's only two, three years in. How big is this going to get? And what is your long-term aim or goal? The long-term aim or goal is, sorry, there you go. I, I, I was just going to say my, I don't like long-term aims because Laurie and I both wrote a business plan when we started out in property to get uh, five units in the first year and then two units per year afterwards. You know, I mean, it's embarrassing <laughs> to look back at it. And, you know, if you'd asked us this question last year, we'd be talking about a 300 property target and we're talking about 1,000. So, you know, I'm, I'm much more keen on spending time doing a more forensic view of, right, what are we going to do in the next 12 months? What's our priorities? Where are we moving to? And, and you know, opportunities are going to come our way. They're already starting to get bombarded with, with potential opportunities to go in different directions. And we almost kind of have to pull ourselves back and say, okay, here's our core values. Anything that we take on has to be synergistic with the rest of the group at the moment. That's not to say that we won't go in a different direction with our investments at some stage, but not now. Um, yeah, so so for me, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to think too too long term. We've got immediate goals, and then we've got sort of a, an understanding of where most of the businesses are going. As I said, developments is going in the land, but you know I, I don't think there's, there's really any limit on, on what we can achieve here. So, no, I, so what, I agree, I agree. There, there is like absolutely no limit. Look at what we've done in two years. What we're going to have done in five years or ten years or whatever. But it, it comes back to our mission statement. You know, it's generational wealth. You know. Um, we we want our our kids and our kids' kids and, and all the rest of it like to just uh, benefit from all our efforts now and and, and all three of us in fact myself uh, uh, Connor have, have all got uh, baby boys you know and Connor's one X is what uh, ten no it must be nearly a nearly a year and uh, uh, young Daniel's son uh, my wee boy is uh, ten months now you know so like I think we're all like just hugely driven by that it's it's a game changer having having a baby I think you know. <laughs> Uh, and it, it does it just fuels us to to do more and more and more um 
that said, you know, it's really important to, you know, not 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 go stupid at it. You know, we, we want to push ourselves, we want to be aggressive, but, you know, collectively, you know, we, we always talk things through and, you know, always end up finding a, a balanced, sound decision uh, at the end of it, you know. But for me, exactly, no limits. Uh, just just try to grow the group, try to bring in other businesses to that structure um, and see see what else we can get into. And, that, and that's a massive kind of point for the, the training business is that, you know, the guys want other people to know that, it's very, you know, it's absolutely achievable to, to be able to replicate this. Um, and, you know, we're guiding people through it. We're literally providing the blueprint to, to what we've done. We provide them, you know, with every single asset that we have in terms of the corporate structure. You know, Laurie goes into detail on the mindset, you know, that you need to have, that he's, you know, he's, just, he's touched on today in order to realise that the, the opportunities are there. Um, and it's like you said, you said yourself, Terry, it's about having that mindset to know that this can be done, just are you going to be the one to do it? Um, you know, we go through that, but we then we show the technical side of how to actually do it, how to go through the phase one, you know, the single unit, annoying part, frustrating, but eventually leads you to that 10 units and then 10 units on to 20, 20 on to 120, you know, and then it just spirals from there. And it can be done within a very short period of time. But the purpose of it, is to provide that generational wealth to your family, to build something concrete that you can consistently leave and actually live a life that you want to live. But, you know, we do it by showing exactly what we've done rather than being a training company first. It's like we struggled we struggled in the first instance to get dates to run these events because we're too busy doing the actual stuff, too busy doing the development stuff, too busy doing the portfolio transactions, too busy doing that that we've had to then break it down and go, right, we need to now do this because there's people who want to learn uh, and we want to be able to teach them how to go and do the same thing. Um, you know, and we are helping them with, because we're only interested in multi-units now with our mentorship clients, we're helping them get their single units. You know, I'm actively sourcing opportunities and we're passing them on to them. So we're literally showing you how to do it, getting you the right mindset how to do it, and then providing you with deals to actually go and do it. So we're basically trying to replicate and let everybody know that this can be done um, and, and to take action and go and do it. And, and the other thing as well is like, no, you know, not everybody has to go after like 50 units, 100 units, 200 units, 1,000 units. Most folk, as you said earlier on, Terry, like they might just want to get 10. It's like, man, like you can get 10, you know, very simple things, apply these strategies, you will have 10 very quickly. I mean, that, but, but a lot of people think even that is like too far-fetched, you know? Some people are almost like like put off uh, by our story because it's like, oh, that's too big, that's too crazy, don't believe it, uh, you know? Um, but but it's really so so easy when you know what you're doing uh, to, to get to that 10 property number, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're definitely there to help if anybody's interested. Yeah, I love that. Um I think it's 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 great what you said as well. I'm a father. I've got two kids, and you're right, Larry. It, the second you have children, it changes you, doesn't it? it you, you Absolutely. Think you've got a different drive, and you want to do the best for them. You want to provide for them and, and their kids, don't you? And and for me, what else can provide a life of abundance for them is other than property. There's not many things. Property is certainly the main thing I, I would say for, for them, isn't it? I love that you've got a real strong you've got a real strong message, a real strong reason why you can see that. Um, I just love how you just like 
there's no limits. Fuck it. Excuse me, French. <laughs> why, why not? Why not? I'm from the northeast, Scottish. We swear, don't we? It's fine. Absolutely. Um, we are normal <laughs> people. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I love that. Like, why not think bigger? I hope people listening just have been inspired by this to think, um, are, are you maybe thinking too small? Should you think a little bit? Should you aim higher? If you aim for the moon and you hit the stars, you're not really bothered. Like, it, it, you might as well aim high and go for it. But why not? I'm like telling you, you man, the, the number one takeaway, in, in my view, has to be this point about thinking. And, and exactly like you just said there, are you thinking too small? What are you thinking about? If your target is 10 properties, you might end up with two, three. Guys, you're going to end up with 10. I mean, at some point, you know. But, but, but if you change the way you think and, and you go for these higher goals, the actions that you take because of those thoughts are going to take you far beyond what you even uh, currently believe is possible. I, I, know, I would never have believed that we could have done this three years ago. I would never believe, never. And, uh, and, and it's only through changing the thought process, going for these big goals and taking the appropriate actions to move you towards those goals that's why we're doing what we're doing now. Driving throughout the office this morning, I was listening to the, the audiobook, The Atomic Habits, for the second time. Oh, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and I actually yeah. touched on that, you know, the, chapter two, and it was talking on it. And it, it gives the example of at a party, and the guy goes out and he tries to hand him a, a cigarette, and he goes, Oh, sorry, I'm, try, I'm trying to quit. And it's like, if you flip that and go, No, I don't smoke, I don't smoke, I'm not a smoker. And it's like, he was a smoker, but I don't, I'm not now. It's like, you've convinced yourself that you're a person that doesn't smoke. You're not a person that is trying to quit because you know that the chances are, say, oh, I'm trying to quit, but I'll take one. But if you just say, no, I'm not a smoker, you've turned it down. You've changed your mindset. And you're going to... You guys hear okay? Yeah. Can you hear us? <laughs> it must, uh, it must be, it must be your Wi-Fi, Terry. The Wi-Fi up in the north. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> got a big swanky office and the Wi-Fi doesn't work. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I got what you were saying, uh, Connor. I, I think you're spot on. Um, and I, I love the language that the three of you actually use. It's very positive. It's very just it's good language that you use, you know, there's no negativity, there's no doubt in, in, in any of your language that you, the, the, the all three of you use, I think is a, a takeaway as well. Like you said, if you, if the, the smoking thing is a great analogy, um, it's a language that you use and you, you, you can, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're probably right. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Self-talk is very important, I feel, and, and your self-talk is, is great, I feel. Um, okay, just last couple of points. Um, so the so the training school so so t tell us a little bit about that so are you um is it like a mastermind what what is that just for people listening so essentially we we run uh, we've got three levels of, of training that we provide um, we run our rude essentials events we've actually got one tomorrow um, that, that we're running and essentially it's like a, an introduction in how to become a property investor 
we're essentially teaching you like the essential things that you need to know and the multiple ways that you can make money in property. You know, I came from a, a sourcing and a, a brokering background. So, you know, I've done more uh, like assisted sales um, or, and flips uh, and these kind of quick wins um, of, you know, making profit and then moving on to the next one and, and all of that kind of thing without actually ever owning a property directly myself. Whereas the guys are, are buy to let. And the fundamental is that buy to let is absolutely the core product of what we do. But through our entry level, we just let people know that there's like multiple ways that you can make money in this game. Like multiple. You don't have to just do buy to let. You don't have to just do flips. You don't have to just do serviced accommodation. Like you can do it all. And we, we advise that you do it all. But but for us as a business, you know, buy to let is the core fundamental of how you build you know, substantial and sustainable wealth. So at the entry level, we kind of touch on everything. We give them an introduction to it. And then we run a Rude Pro event, which is an advanced level uh, training. You know, it's a four-day intensive course, all about professional buy-to-let and how to run a professional property business. Um, and that's where we replicate and we teach exactly the model that Alex and Laurie have built Rude Group on. Um, you know, we, we go through the mindset, the fundamentals, the deals, the finance, you know, we, we go through everything uh, in detail. Um, and then the final level is that through like the ones that we know that want to learn, that they've taken it all on board and we know they're ready to commit and they want to go and put it into play and achieve. You know, we, we actually set out a goal that we want to, to help people achieve 10 properties within the first year because it can absolutely be done. We've shown it. So with those who want to go and do that and want to genuinely hit the ground running, we offer our mentorship program as well. Um, where we work with them on a monthly basis for, for a full 12 month period to guide them through it. And that is where we will also be providing them deals. So it's like, we've shown you how to do it now. You're in the right mindset. Here's a deal, let's get you going. You know, because to us, it's about that, that you know, we're doing it ourselves. We've done it. We've got the kind of, we've got the track record there. But if we can help other people do it and show that they're actually doing it, it probably speaks more volumes about us than it, than it does just by saying, look how good we are. If we can actually create other people doing it, then then that talks volumes a lot more. I think I think on that, I'd just like to add to that, like, I think there's there's a lot of people out there that, that sign up for these courses they probably know some of them. They sign up for these courses. They're very well educated. They know all the ins and outs of HMOs and SA and battle but they take no action. These yeah, courses are pointless unless you take action, right? Uh, yeah. and that's quite good that you're saying you provide them with deals and the ones that are ready, you do you actually make them take action because that's what it's there's all there's, about, right? It, there's nothing more frustrating than people yeah. coming out and doing fuck all with what we've spent all that but time and effort to teach. There's loads of them though, isn't there? Yeah. There's Nothing. people out there who just spend thousands upon thousands throughout years and their years of their life just going to courses, learning shit, and then never doing anything. Uh, and we just won't allow that to happen. Like you should see, yeah. you know, I'll hound people in the group chat. So what have you done? We set the action, take action points from the last meeting. So like, that was last week. Have you done any? You know, where are we at? Because it, it, it doesn't. To us, to, to the guys, to want to be good teachers, it's like we've proved it can be done. So why are you not doing it? We've told you how to do it. So we just continuously on that journey to make sure that they're implementing it. But, you know, there's all of these training courses and they try and sell you the dream of, you know, financial freedom and get rich quick and, and all Definitely of these is, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, we've done it in a quick period of time, but fuck me if we worked for it. 
you know, the guys have worked for it, uh, you know, and well, well full-time employed at the time as well when it all started. You know, oh, yeah, the guys yeah. So, so you, you're a full, both full-time employed as well, right? I, I did read that. Still well, as of, as of uh, Friday last week, uh, I am no longer employed. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that an exclusive? Is that an exclusive? <laughs> Have you told think, your boss I yet? <laughs> no, well, I, 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 there's, a, there's a story to that, but basically, no, I think I'll get a, I'll, I'll get a final pay at the end of August and then that's me uh, being sent back in. So. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's another really um, inspiring point because too many people have far too many excuses. I can't buy properties because of this. I can't do it because I'm employed. I don't have the money, blah, blah, all this nonsense that you hear. You guys have done what you have done, which is substantial in a short space of time alongside another job. And you've used other people's money along the way. So, And, and babies, don't forget the babies. They, uh, they and wives. Time as well. Yeah, yeah they, they're getting away a little bit, don't <laughs> The wives are babies. I mean, look, you can, you can have results or you can have excuses, but you can't have both, right? And, and, you know, you can almost identify the guys coming into the training. We start every training session with mindset. There's no point in going through the rest of it if, if they don't understand the importance of mindset. And, and you can see some of the eyes rolling. I came to a property course. Why are you talking about mindset? Uh, and and you know it's it's clear you know if, if you don't get that right then you, you're unlikely to achieve anything. Yeah, love that, love that. Just last question to wrap up, guys. Um, so the show's called the Rags to Riches Show. So what does be what does being rich mean to you? Because you can be rich in time and relationships and monetary terms, obviously. Um, what does being rich mean to you? I suppose we'll do it one each. What, what would you say? For, for me, uh, all of what you just said, like it's not just about the money, it is about the time, it is about the freedom, it is about like travel, you know, and but not just like travel, like traveling in style, you know. Um, I'm looking at building this big crazy outhouse thing in my garden because, uh, you know, I've got quite a bit of space in the garden to do something like that. And I'm, I'm looking at getting like a sauna, a steam room, uh, the hot tub, an outdoor kitchen with a barbecue, you know, fire pit and like all this kind of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I just love that shit, man. It's like, uh, like how cool would that be? You know, I put a thing up on, on a Facebook poll thing recently and it was like, you know, if you had a, hundred, a spare hundred grand, would you like buy a place in Alicante or would you like get this, like this big mental outhouse thing built in your garden? And for me, all day long, I, I want every single day to be able to have that type of facility, like, literally on my doorstep at the back door you know uh, that's one example but I, I I think all of these things um, come, always comes back to me about generational wealth it's nice to have all these kind of things and, and the nice things in life and, and all that um, but I just want uh, I just want yeah I guess my, my kids and family um, to benefit from everything that, that we are doing now um, and, and, you know, I, I want to leave a legacy, man. You know, life's too short and all that. You never know when the big man's going to come calling. And I just want to know that, like, they are taken care of uh, for, forever, you know. Uh, so. Love that. Cool. Uh, Alex? Connor? For me, um, you know, I, I think the, the journey of riches start, start from financial freedom. And, you know, as I said, and, and financial freedom, by the way, means something completely different now than, than what I thought it would. You know, it was more about, you know, not having to rely on this job and, and understanding that, you know, you're in a very vulnerable position when you're relying on a, an employer that could drop you at any point, you know. And, you know, when your whole life has been built around that, that role, you know, it's, it's usually uh, risky. So 
I just wanted to have enough income there to say, look, you know, I don't need that job anymore. And, and you know, I've got security knowing that that money is going to be coming in. Whether whether I can work on it, and that's the beauty of passive income if you buy a let. You know, you don't necessarily have to be involved in it to get cash in. So that's where it started. And, you know, I thought we'll get, we'll get to this property number, we'll have enough money and we'll just go for golf every day. Life will be wonderful. But when you start the journey of a business, no, it just becomes something much bigger. I love what we do. I love going to work every day. I love the business that we're building. And, you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, not being involved in it. So whilst we might have the freedom to, to not work, you know, we, we we probably work harder than ever now because we love it, you know. So so that, that's been you know, a big part of driving the business forward. It's just a love for it. But, you know, Laurie kind of touched on the whole legacy thing. And I think that was a big thing for me. You know, we... You know, I go back to that, that first thing I talked about in Azerbaijan where we built a business and, you know, it's someone else's business ultimately. We, we built this massive pipeline. And, you know, I'm kind of historic, but, you know, uh, all I did was get a salary for four years. I've, I've achieved really nothing, nothing to, to leave to, to my family, nothing to leave my mark on, on you know, the this world. So, you know, building something for ourselves is, is huge. Having... Even the stuff we're doing in Falkirk High Street, you know, I think we are going to be largely responsible for the regeneration of Falkirk High Street through through these actions that we're taking now. And you know, okay, it's my local town, you know, I want to be known for something. So that's that's quite cool as well, you know. So for me, it's, it's much more. You know, it's 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 about family and it's about security. I'm not big into material stuff, to be honest. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I probably will have Bentley at some point. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm going to be driving about in, in a Honda for, for, for the rest of my life. You know, it, it's not that important, to, to be honest. I think you should maybe have um, you should get like a billboard in Falkirk, shouldn't you, with your faces on or something like that? Or name a, name a couple we, we've of got that one, actually. We've got one, got one, one just minus the faces. Uh, love it, love it. Um, Conrad, is there anything you would like to add to just what being rich means to you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of very similar to Alex's. For me, it's more about like being proud of like what you do, like regardless of where you came from, from or any of the mistakes that you've maybe made in like previous in your life. It's like being able to turn around to people and say like this is like this is what I'm doing. This is what I do. This is having that flexibility that you know you can provide for your family and making sure that your rags to riches story, you stop anyone else in your family having to come from rags, you know, to make sure that you're leading that to, that you've done something that stops them having to go through the same shit or the same mistakes that you did. Um, and, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day last week about a portfolio and he had a portfolio he was trying to get rid of. And I was talking to him through about like headaches of what we were going through, about a delay in planning and a COVID shutdown. And, and he just stopped and he was like, you love what you do, don't you? And I'm like, I'm talking about like the shit part. And he was like, I can just tell from talking to you that you just love what you do. And it's like, and it's true. Like, I know it's property, but for some reason to me, it just ticks all the boxes and people can... People aspire to like be involved in it as well, and, and they can just see what you're doing. You're giving back, you know. You're providing homes to people who need them, uh, and and there's just like a good kind of legacy to that, a good kind of foundation to what you're doing in your life. And and for me, that that is what being rich is: is that you can just feel like joy with like what you're up to, day in day out. 
love that. I can, I can see. I, I agree that I can see that you love what you do. I love what I do too. And and if I didn't, you just need to change what you're doing, don't you? You know, what's the point exactly. doing something you don't don't enjoy? Yeah, just do something else if you don't enjoy it. Um, yeah, man. Because it's a knock-on effect. If you're doing something day in day out, it makes you miserable. You're going to be miserable when you go up the road oh. to the message. You're going to be miserable when the yeah. kids. You're going to be out for a beer with your mates, and you'll be like, I don't want to go home, or nah, you know, and you're just sitting, and it's just. What, what, why do that? It's your choice. But, but, but a lot of people still do. A lot of people, they go to work nine to five, the clock watch and the, the, the wish in their life waits till five o'clock. They go home, watch TV, same old, same old, pay the mortgage off maybe's when they're 65, care home, that then, well, then see you later. I tell you what though, Terry, like see, see we're bringing, like we're, we're Connor starting and we've got some other staff now as well. We've got MR market executive, Jennifer, our admin manager. We've got an accounts assistant starting and, and, and you know, we were like very conscious to, create like a working atmosphere that was like attractive and, and and created like a kind of better lifestyle and all that for the guys because so so like we've got this now it's like flexible mondays half day fridays the guys can work from home when they want you know we're very just kind of like flexible and like supportive because it's more than just like providing a job for somebody or, or like working together with people like you there's more to life than work, man. You know, and, and it's like if, if, if the guys need support or, or whatever it is to like, you know, just just like have a, a like an improved quality of life and stuff, we we absolutely want to provide that uh, to everybody that's working for us, you know. So we try and create that and, and try and be flexible and, and sound uh, well the staff, you know. And uh, aye, aye. I, I, I love I, I that as I... well about what we do. I think that, that's a re- I, I do a similar thing. So I've got a load of staff. I've got nearly 100, but over 100 now uh, oh. financial advisors work, work for us at the group. But we I try and create that the best I can. We do dress down Fridays. We do feel good Fridays. <laughs> we do a motivational session, motivational yeah. Mondays. Skill, I do yeah. loads of training sessions, but we'll buy, I buy food for them. We'll go out and we'll do stuff, team building. That is so, so important because it's like you rightly said, it's not just about a job. People want that now. People yeah, are too switched on to, to, to the way things work now. You know, if, if they're not happy and they're getting treated like shit, yeah. they're, gonna, they're just going to leave and you're going to have disruption. Yeah. It's going to make waves in your business. It's not what you want. You need to yeah. treat, treat them well, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, so. I, I remember even at, at 19 when I was working as a value, I was making 50 grand a year at 19 and I fucking hated it. <laughs> because it was just like the atmosphere was just oh it was unbelievable the office politics the shit and I was just like no nah, I'm not doing this I'm going to learn I'm going to stay here and learn everything I can and then I'm out like that, I just knew that was coming regardless of what you were getting paid and it was like through my hard work anyway it was commission based uh, so it didn't matter it was just like I'm not I'm not in it for this uh, and then you that's why you know it's, you. I've been fortunate enough because I'm good at what I do that I've never had been forced to take a job. It, it's always been by choice, but everything should be by choice anyway. Um, you know, that, that's just the way I think it should be. Love that. Guys, this is the longest podcast so far. I'm, uh, I could talk this for ages, I think. You'd, next time, if you're in the Northeast, definitely give us a buzz because I, I, I really enjoy chatting to you. You're, you're very we will be soon, thinking. man. Yeah, we'll, we'll set it up. We will be soon. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anytime, mate, give us a buzz. Yeah. Um, any but, any uh, deals, Terry, give us a shout. Well, if I don't buy it myself, yeah, I will do. Yeah. <laughs> don't you be coming down here and buying the portfolios I want, mate? No, no, no. <laughs> but, honestly, guys, I've really, really enjoyed it. I've, I've, I've actually been inspired myself. I just, um, my key takeaway from this session, and I hope people listening and watching will, will 
take this too is just think bigger. I think um, I said before we'll, we'll press records, you know, buying 10 plus units a, a year, thinking I'm doing good. And that is good, certainly to, to a lot of people, but in your sort of buying hundreds a year, it's, it's levels, isn't it? And and like you say, there is no limit. You, you both said that. I love that. But thank you for your time. I've really, really enjoyed it. Hope everyone's been inspired listening in. Follow you guys. Instagram, the best way to, to get in touch? Facebook, what's the best way? Instagram, Facebook, just at Instagram, Facebook. Perfect. Follow these guys. They're do, doing big things. Um, and thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate your time. Thanks a Thank lot. You, Thank you, Cheers. Cheers, Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers.